CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. First world problems, am I right? Yeah, man, it's first world problems. Yeah, be thankful for what you got. To quote the great song in the 70s, one of Dennis's favorites. I've never heard that song. All right, your Ben Jarofsky <laughs> show for Tuesday, June 14th is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. That is correct. The Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com. And if you want to help this program out, you can. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. The reefer event's over. Oh, really? <laughs> Nobody told me. <laughs> we want to give a shout out to Frank. Frank had surgery today. Hope everything goes well, my man. Today's show's yeah. for you. Absolutely, Frank. All good vibrations your way, young man. All good vibrations to Frank. And the Ben Jarofsky show starts now. It is Tuesday, June 14th, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, I can only see the top half of Ben Jarofsky, so I'm not sure, but he better have those big boy pants on. <laughs> he looked all concerned, like, what? <laughs> it's Personal Pack CEO Terry Cosgrove. <laughs> And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this They Don't Care Tuesday, and here's why. Before I get started, yes, yes, indeed, Terry Cosgrove will be our guest. Uh, he already sent me a text. Terry's coming on. There I am. Uh, I'm just going to finish my opening thoughts, then we'll bring on the great, the legendary Terry T.C. Cosgrove. So, yes, we got Terry Cosgrove coming on. I can't wait. But before we do that, uh, as I was saying, this is kind of apropos to what uh, we're talking about, the most general sense. Uh, so the congressional investigation uh, continues into Donnie Trump and January 6th, uh, the insurrection of uh, 2021. You all know what happened, ladies and gentlemen. Donald Trump told a lie, promoted a lie. Uh, that uh, he won the election. Of course, he actually lost the election. Uh, he did it in order to su subvert the vote, uh, to subvert democracy, uh, to claim a victory that was not his to claim. And somehow or other, by hook or crook, he got roughly, at roughly, 75% of the Republican Party to buy into it. I haven't seen such mass delusion since, I don't know, Jonestown? I mean, this is some seriously weird cult-like obsession that Republican voters have with Donald Trump. And I understand it. I, on one level, I get it. Donald Trump is one of the great grifters of all time. He is one of the great salesmen of all time. I've watched this man take a career of mediocrity and turn it into wealth and fame by virtue of his just what singular desire to promote himself and say anything he has to say at any given moment 
to win a point, to prove a point, to sell a stake, to sell a tie, to sell whatever he's trying to sell. His notion is what he learned is that you can always find a fool to buy whatever crap he is selling. But 75% of the Republican Party to buy into what's so blatantly a lie. And and Terry, we're going to get into the issue of the day, uh, reproductive rights. But this is on my mind. I have to say this. The Sun-Times says it so well. It's called State of Denial. And back-to-back stories, one by Lynn Sweet, a very excellent analysis of all the evidence presented to the congressional investigators, including Trump's old ally saying it was all BS. I could say it. It's a podcast. It was all bullshit that there was no there, there. They made it up and they still believe it. (laughs) And then right next to that, is the poll 75% according to uh, Dave McKinney and Tina Svandellas, uh, the, uh, the story they wrote for BEZ and the Sun-Times. 75% Terry uh, Cosgrove believe in the big lie. It doesn't matter what you tell them. It doesn't matter how many facts you show them. It doesn't matter who you bring on to testify as to what they said to Trump and what he said to them, they will believe the lie. And this makes it very difficult, very difficult to navigate politically. And that's why we brought on Terry Cosgrove, because this guy is the maestro and the master (laughs) of (laughs) election politics. Uh, Terry, before we're going to get into the issue of reproductive rights, we have three general topics we're going to be following that I've been really eager to talk to you about. But just in general, yeah. Do you want you've been following politics as much as I have and as yeah. long as I have. Have you ever seen anything like this? No, I haven't. And, you know, I think part of it is that, um, first of all, I uh, let's back up a little. I totally agree with you on how uh, crazy the vast majority of Republicans have, have become in the state of Illinois, which used to be, um, you know, only moderate Republicans in the past have gotten elected governor. Um, whatever we thought about Rauner on social issues, he was a moderate, um, you know, he was, he went crazy on labor unions and a bunch of other stuff, but he signed every single LGBTQ right bill and um, every single abortion bill that ever came to his desk and Edgar and Ryan, and you go back to Jim Edgar, I'm sorry, Jim Thompson, who vetoed 34 of 34 anti-abortion bills. So there is no doubt that the Republican Party is no longer a majority governing party. They have turned into this cult, as you say. So if we take a few steps back, I mean, I think the I I think what we have to take from this is to not get overly distressed about it when it comes to elections. The reality is, is that 77 percent of Illinois voters are pro-choice, including a large number of of suburban Republicans, I might add. So and the vast majority of people really support um, the Democratic agenda, the progressive Democratic agenda around health care, around civil rights, around racial justice, around labor issues. So our challenge, I and you know, I'm I'm challenging you, Ben, as well as everyone else, to not get too mired in 
and the craziness of the opposition. But our challenge is to marshal the people that already agree with us on all of these issues and make sure that they come out and vote in elections because we've lost, we lost Roe, we've lost a lot of issues because we've lost elections. So I think it's really important that people focus where we need to focus in order to make sure that these uh, MAGA Trump, right-wing Republicans, whatever you want to call them, remain a loud or a minority in Illinois and they don't get a foothold, you know, not here and not anywhere, basically. And we have the tools to do that. Um, I'll remind all of your listeners that we have some of the greatest voting rights laws in the country. We have same day voting, same day registration in voting. We have drive through voting. We have early voting. We have absentee voting. We have mail-in voting. I mean, any way that you can imagine voting, we have it in Illinois. So there is absolutely no excuse whatsoever for us to lose elections. Our challenge is simply to get everyone that agrees, not everyone, just a, a slim majority of everyone that agrees with us um, to come out and vote on election day. So I'd like to keep the discussion considering November 8th is 21 weeks from today and June 28th is two weeks from today to get everyone focused on what's important and that isn't to say that I didn't admire your opening statement, but now I would like to pivot to um, to what we're going to do about it. Yes, and, fair enough. Uh, and that's where I think we should go. And, All right, and you know, Jan Joukowsky said very famously, and I have violated the the uh, the the rule the last few nights: turn off CNN, turn off MSNBC, don't turn off the Ben Jarowski show. <laughs> And, and 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 let's spend that time of anxiety um, volunteering in a campaign, um, you know, in an hour by texting, going door to door, phoning. You can contact so many of the people that already agree with us and make sure that they voted. I mean, we all have the ability. We have the capacity. We have the resources. We have the energy. We have the we have the wherewithal. Um, to put these right-wingers in their place, and that's where I think we need to focus. All right, that was a great riff, uh, young uh, Gary okay. Cosgrove. Uh, and, uh, uh, and we'll move on from there. And as I always do on the Ben Jarofsky Show, I always give my guests the last word. Yeah, that's a tradition on the Ben Jarofsky Show. So there's so much I want to say in rebuttal, but you know what? I am going to move on to the next topic, uh, with Terry Cosgrove, because I really want to talk about it anyway. I'm going to flip the order. I had an order in my mind. I'm going to flip it uh, and really get at the heart of things that have been really uh, I've wanted my listeners to hear from you. Uh, ter- uh, Terry was out of town when the word broke that the Supremes, the big Supremes, we're going to talk about the baby Supremes in a little while, uh, the Illinois Supreme Court, not that baby in Illinois. Not so baby. Yeah, not so baby, yes. But we're going to talk about the big Supremes. So uh, Terry was out of town uh, when word broke that uh, five justices had signed on to a first draft of a ruling that would completely obliterate Roe in a case coming out of Mississippi that would essentially uh, leave states free to make uh, abortion illegal uh, again. And uh, it was a very disheartening revelation. We don't know who leaked it. That's a topic for another time. Uh, But in the most general sense, uh, Terry, I've been waiting so long to ask you this question. Uh, What is the world 
post-Roe going to be like? Let's first talk outside of Illinois, and then we'll go into Illinois. So sure. outside of Illinois, what will the post-Roe world be like? Right. Well, the day that the decision comes down, and it could happen any day. It could happen tomorrow. Um, I heard that they're releasing opinions. They're supposed to release a, um, seven on Monday, but I never heard a word about that. Um, I think there's 27 decisions that they have to, um, that they're going to rule on or at least re- release their opinions on be- typically before June 30th. So um, I think it's tomorrow or Thursday, they're supposed to release another batch and then it would be the following Monday and Wednesday. And then the following Monday, I think is the last Monday before, uh, before June 30th. So um, if, if this leaked draft is in fact the case, and there isn't anyone that doesn't believe it's going to be. So let's just stop with the, if we're headed in that direction. The first thing is in 26 States, um, abortion automatically becomes illegal because of triggered laws, because of laws that were signed by governors recently, um, because of either attempted or already accomplished amendments to state supreme, uh, state constitutions, uh, Supreme Court decisions, 26 states will make abortion illegal instantly. And that represents um, close to 50% of the of the women living um, in those states, approximately 56 million American women will will lose access to legal abortion. So that so that's just the beginning. I want to start out then going just um, tacking back a little that the end of role falling is just the beginning of of the anti-choice agenda in movement. It's not the end. So um, and they have been planning already and they've been taking steps in states uh, to outlaw the um, the more um, the uh, specifically outlawing the abortion pill, which is safer than an Advil or a Tylenol. Um, as you saw in the New York Times yesterday, um, they are moving in states like Missouri to outlaw the um, uh, any kind of um, artificial birth control. Um, in fact, I, I think it's really important for people to understand that, um, to quote Maya Angelou, when someone tells you who they are, believe them the first time, they have on their websites how they believe the birth control pill and the IUD are actually murder weapons and take a hum- and they're taking of the human life. I don't want anyone to believe me or the New York Times. You can go to janesarmy2022.com and we have the links there to the actual anti-choice um, statements and research papers, if you will, that talk about how the pill and the IUD need to be outlawed because they, in fact, are taking a human life. So they are going after birth control, and that New York Times article uh, explained it very clearly that how state legislators are getting all ready to pass legislation um, saying that birth control is illegal. So I'm fearful that your listeners um, are not um, are not paying close enough attention to to what's coming. And in addition to that, when they claim that life begins at conception, that means not only does birth control go out the window because you know the IUD and the pill um, um, act after this magic religious held moment of conception, which has no basis in science, but it also is going to outlaw IVF. Um, well, also the other thing that I don't think that people understand is when you um, that any woman that shows up into a hospital emergency room is going to with a miscarriage 
um, is going to have to be criminally investigated for did she cause this miscarriage? Did she ride a roller coaster two weeks ago? Did she take an antihistamine? Which if you read the labels on a lot of over-counter drugs, they say uh, pregnant women should get the advice of their doctor before taking it or or not take it. Um, so every and this is so we're talking about tens of thousands, if not more, of women showing up in hospitals, emergency rooms, um, experiencing a miscarriage, and rather than getting treated for the care that they came to the hospital for, all of a sudden they are becoming criminal suspects um, in, in, with potential prosecution and jail time. And I say that because in countries where abortion is already illegal, um, particularly in South American countries, this is exactly what happens. A woman shows up at a hospital for a miscarriage. She's suspected of taking um, a medication over the counter. There's, there's, several medications that uh, that have as their secondary uh, impact is is causing uh, the termination of a pregnancy they're in, they're charged you know by the attorney general and they're tried and they're in jail right now as we speak I think the other thing um, Poland has now is investigating a pregnancy registry so um, doctors may be required in uh, in these states why not? Um, to report any woman that they're treating for a pregnancy, which means there will be a pregnancy registry. So if that pregnancy does not result in uh, nine months later in a, uh, in a live birth, then that woman will become a suspect as to how and why um, that pregnancy did not succeed. And so we will, so, so that's another, so what I'm getting at and how people's, um, Searches on websites can be tracked. Uh, we know that Meta, <laughs> Facebook, uh, you know, that, that that ability is out there. So there are just so many, um, there are so many um, other things that are coming as a result of abortion becoming illegal. And I'm putting totally aside the fact that the right-wingers are preparing lawsuits in front of this Supreme Court with Amy Coney Barrett, who called um, birth control disgusting, um, challenging, because once they, you know, once they kick out the right to privacy as a, as a legitimate uh, legal reason for, um, you know, for finding um, a law constitutional, or more importantly, uh, what Justice Kavanaugh said, um, quizzically, it just kind of spoke out loud, like, why are we even handling this? Shouldn't this all go to the states? Uh, why is the Supreme Court even involved in this issue? We shouldn't be doing this. Why are we Why are we even talking about that? So I think it's going to be a very short line to apply that reasoning to the Griswold case that said that birth control uh, should be av available to married couples, um, uh, non-married women uh, that came a few years later after the Griswold case. I think it was 63 or 64. And then, you know, more contemporarily, uh, marriage equality. I mean, I seriously believe that the, that, um, you know, Mississippi in the next month, two months, I mean, God, we're in the middle of pride. Why not react? Uh, we'll just say that they don't believe that, um, that, marriage between people the same gender are legal in Mississippi. So what's going to happen? The ACLU or Lambda Legal or both will appeal it to the Mississippi Supreme Court. Of course, they'll agree. 
that um, that Mississippi has the right to outlaw marriage uh, between people the same gender. Um, the case will then go to the U.S. Supreme Court, and Brett Kavanaugh will say, why are we even involved with this? What This is not for us to decide who dragged us into this very um, controversial issue. Um, I think this is something to the state society. He'll look around at his other um, four colleagues and they'll you know, shrug their shoulders and go, yeah, why are we doing this? And if you doubt it, t- today marks the 11th month that the Texas law has been in has been enforced, and what has the U.S. Supreme Court done? Absolutely nothing. And there was an article I read recently, and I don't remember who the author was, but it was called The Power of Nothing. And what it was, it talked about um, the United States Supreme Court just doing nothing when challenges to marriage equality, birth control, or interracial marriage come before them. Because they'll just look around and go, hey, these are all controversial issues. I mean, look, look at how, um, look what's happened in front of the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee with Supreme Court justices. I mean, the, um, the, they sit there and they, all three of them, uh, Alito, um, Coney Barrett, and Kavanaugh, lied through their teeth saying they thought Roe was settled law. Yeah. Um, and they thought that, um, and they thought they believed in stare decisis, which, you know, I'm not an attorney, so this is just layperson's uh, uh, language here. But they, did, they didn't see any problem with Roe standing. And now all of a sudden they, uh, they're signing out to an opinion overturning it. And then look what they did to, uh, to the latest Supreme Court nominee. They asked her, they actually asked this woman if she believed in interracial marriage. I mean, Two senators asked her that question, if that was rightly decided, if if loving was uh, was rightly decided. So um, so I think that's the that's the longer view. I know I got off topic on reproductive rights, but I'll button this this all up with with women and people who care about them are in deep, deep trouble. We are only seeing the beginning of what the right wing has in store for us. And there is no workaround. They, the pill, the abortion pill, which is safer than an Advil or Tylenol is not going to be available through the mail. And it's going to come down to access. If you are a wealthy woman from Dallas, you are going to get on a plane and you're going to fly to LA and you are going to get an abortion in California. You're going to stay overnight, probably in a very nice hotel, and you're going to turn around and come home and no one's going to be the wiser. If you're a low income woman in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas, you are not going to have access to the abortion pill. You you're going to have to figure out where to even find it online. And then you're going to probably be um, subject to a criminal investigation for doing so. So I, I see you wanting to, um, comments. So go Benny J, take it away. All right. So that was a great riff. And, uh, I, I do like how you tied other, uh, matters of privacy into it. Uh, all right now. So you laid it out for the, where we're going to be at on a national level immediately, uh, abortion will be made illegal in many States. Uh, and, uh, then you could see in other States where it's not going to be made illegal, there'll be a move to make it illegal. Right. All right. So what's the impact in Illinois? And I'll just start this and then I'll let you get going. 
Sure, uh, sure. Guests come on the show all the time, and they say the following thing, Terry. I may have told you this in a phone conversation. They always, when we talk about abortion rights, I've had so many guests, they'll say, well, we don't have to worry about that in Illinois. And I always stop them. And I always go, I just want to point out that right now, you're thinking of the world that exists in Illinois right now. MAGA is not going anywhere. It's like in a, in a heartbeat, Illinois could be like Indiana if you fall asleep. Uh, and uh, so talk about the state as it is of uh, reproductive rights in Illinois uh, and the challenges ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. You're 100% right. It scares me to death that people think that Illinois is a haven or we're a safe state. It's just what I hear. Oh, well, we don't have anything to worry about here when Roe falls because we're a safe state. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. And let me tell you why. We're one election away from losing it all. And particularly this election, I, in all of the years that I've been working in politics, um, there has never been a more important election than the 2022 election. And let me tell you why. The reason is we have two Supreme Illinois Supreme Court races that are elected for 10-year terms. Ken Griffin has already invested $6.5 million into a super PAC to try to get his right-wing Republican friends who are aligned with the anti-choice movement and the MAGA movement and everything um, to win these two Supreme Court seats. If they do, everything that I have worked for for 33 years, that personal PAC has worked for, that um, that we have um, that we've gotten around criminal justice or LGBTQ rights all goes down the drain. And here's why on reproductive rights. H in 19 in 2017, Illinois was one of four states to have a trigger law that says the day that Roe v. Wade is overturned, abortion becomes illegal, life begins at conception, abortion becomes illegal, so does birth control, IVF, all, all of that. We have we had a trigger law, HB 40, as you'll fondly remember those days, um, got rid of the trigger law. We repealed it with with HB 40 um, and it was signed into law. So right now, the trigger law was repealed by HB 40. There have been lawsuits that have been filed against um, HB 40, as well as the Reproductive Health Act that passed in 2019. Those lawsuits are sitting in the circuit court right now going nowhere. However, if we lose these two Supreme Court seats, the Illinois court will be a four to three. There's seven members of the Illinois court. There's not nine. We will have a four to three right wing Republican majority. That court will mirror the United States Supreme Court in its makeup, which means the right wingers will fast track their lawsuit against HB 40 to the Illinois Supreme Court, they will get, they will, they will have the court strike down HB 40, in which case that the triggered law goes back into effect and abortion and birth control and IVF become illegal and criminal in the state of Illinois. So nothing, nothing could be more important in 2022. So here's the stakes. If we win if we keep the Illinois Supreme Court, like I said at the opening, these are 10-year terms. We can feel relatively comfortable for the next 10 years that the right to privacy will be protected in the state of Illinois, not only for abortion rights, but for 
a whole bunch of other rights. If you care about climate, if you care about labor rights, all of that has a very reasonable chance of being of being protected. If we lose for the next 10 years, and I will even say the next generation or two, we've lost everything in Illinois. We are, we will become Indiana. We will become Missouri. We'll, we'll become Wisconsin. We will become just like every other right-wing Republican dominated state in the country and in the Midwest. And what's more tragic about this is Illinois is the only state in the middle of the country where abortion is le- will be legal and accessible in the post-Roe era. So not only will the 4 million Illinois women lose access to abortion care, but the 56 million women that live around us who are who 30,000 of them, we anticipate 30,000 women will be coming to Illinois on top of what we already serve for abortion care. All of those women will also lose access to the one place in the Midwest they have to come, which is Illinois. So the stakes couldn't be higher. Um, Everyone needs to pay very, very close attention to these two Supreme Court races that are going on. And um, I just hold it, hold it before you go any further. There's more. We're going to let's get a little more specific. Yeah, Uh, there's there's more than two state Supreme Court races. Uh, If anybody wants to really take the deep time, uh, listen to the interview I did with Ed Mullins. He oh, my God, he just takes the deep dive on this. But uh, there's essentially two swing districts, if you will, uh, because uh, there's seven districts across the state. Three are in Cook County area, which will you just they're going to be Democrat and pro-choice. And then uh, two are essentially uh, MAGA country. uh, So they're going to be whatever Donnie Trump says that to do, they'll do. Uh, And uh, so that means that there's those two districts that Terry alludes to. Let's get into it right now. Uh, By the way. Vote in Illinois. Cook County Dems, listen, don't fall asleep. Vote on your Don't fall asleep on that election just because I, I as soon as they say stuff like that, Terry, I get nervous because yeah. I know Chicago is going to go to the beach today. No, vote. OK, don't be. Dumb. No, they're obsessed with the mayoral race already, which which isn't even until February. It they're not crazy. even. You know what? Let's not even get started in the middle. Let's focus, T. Focus. OK, I'm usually focused. it's telling me to focus. And now let's not go down that path with mayor's race. OK, so uh, I am capable of talking like about 50 uh, elections at once, ladies and gentlemen. But the rest of Chicago and Terry's right. Uh, just we got a mayor's race. That's the only thing in the world. All right. Um, so let's talk about those two districts because you've talked about them. Uh, they're the swing districts. And so, yeah, take the deep dive. Go ahead. Yeah. OK, so let's start with the third district, which is basically anchored in uh, DuPage and Will County and a few other counties in the area. Um, the two candidates there are Mary Kay O'Brien, who is a former state rep and appellate judge. Um, she is she's endorsed by Personal Pack and a lot of other people. And uh, she's running against a guy whose last name is Burke, no relation to um, the Supreme Court justice or the alder person. Uh, but um, he is a total right winger. He's aligned with uh, Peter Breen's uh, um, uh, <laughs> just, uh, I know, uh, Justice Society. He attends the uh, all of the anti-choice um, banquets and dinners. We know where he stands. So. So there's no primary there. He's the Republican nominee. 
Mary Kay O'Brien is the Democratic nominee. So we have to make sure. So if you live in DuPage or Will, and I'm sorry, I can't uh, tick off the other counties, but there's three, four, five of them that are much smaller than DuPage or Will, but still very critical. Every vote matters. Um, so that's one race. Then the second district is anchored in the northern suburbs and counties, and that is Lake, Kendall, Kane, uh, McHenry, and DeKalb County. So there's five counties in the second district, and there are primary elections on both the Democratic and Republican side two weeks from today, June 28th, And in those two races, all the Republicans are, as far as we can tell, are right-wingers. They will all be getting Ken, whoever wins will be getting Ken Griffin's, uh, you know, millions, millions of dollars. Um, And then on the Democratic side, there are three candidates, and Personal PAC has endorsed uh, Nancy Rotering, who is the, um, who's the, mayor of Highland Park, and Nancy served four years on the Planned Parenthood board. Um, I've known her for many years, but that's not why Personal PAC is supporting her. We're supporting her because of her credentials. She also um, took uh, assault weapons ban all the way to the United States Supreme Court on behalf of the city of Highland Park right after Sandy Hook and won. So Highland Park has a legally enforceable ban on automatic assault weapons because of Nancy's effort. Um, she also started the legal clinic in, in Lake County. She um, she helped uh, Planned Parenthood open a new health center in Waukegan, which is really a you know, an underserved area in Illinois and also serves um, a lot of women who come from Wisconsin because if you live in Wisconsin, you live in a hellhole when it comes to abortion rights. Can I not say that? No, I was laughing because I was, (laughs) I, my, my dear son-in-law who I love very much uh, is from Milwaukee. uh, And I just relentlessly tease him uh, because he's a cheesehead. He loves the Packers. So when you started to say, because when you live in Wisconsin, you live in a, and I was like, just ready to jump in and say something really snarky, but I held back and you said something really snarky. Yeah. So, uh, so so she's done that. um, And, uh, and I think she's a very um, electable candidate in the, uh, in the general election. Let me tell you why. These Supreme Court races are not going to be your mother or fathers or grandfathers or grandmothers. Um, Very gentle, um, you know, Supreme Court. These are going to be down and dirty in the general election, just like a state rep race, just like the governor's race. It is going to be down and dirty. There's so much at stake here. Look what look what the right wingers and Ken Griffin did to Kilbride. Um, who was an outstanding uh, jurist uh, in terms of his involvement with the community and everything. And, uh, and so that's what started all of this uh, from uh, in taking place with the new map that the General Assembly drew last spring, which we don't have to get into. So it is absolutely critical that if you know anyone in those five counties um, to make sure that you take a Democratic ballot um, and vote early, uh, I didn't say often. I said early for Nancy Rotering for Illinois Supreme Court, so we can uh, have a, a progressive, pro-choice uh, advocate on the Illinois Supreme Court, which we desperately need. You know, I talking about your son in Milwaukee, Ben. I need to digress for just a second. One other thing that I that I neglected to mention was um, if you have a 
uh, a daughter going to college in a red state where abortion is legal after Roe v. Wade, if she's at the University of Texas or Tulane um, or um, or the or the great University of Wisconsin, it is if she becomes pregnant. And the reason doesn't matter whether it was a consensual birth control failed or it was date rape or anything else. She automatically becomes a criminal if she tries to terminate that pregnancy there. And the women, her dorm friends, if she lives in a dorm or um, anyone that tries to help her raise money, takes her anywhere. They all become conspirators in the termination of a human life. So anyone out there thinking that uh, you're safe in Illinois, if you have relatives, if you have daughters going to college, nieces and nephews going to college in Georgia, in any of these red states, in the post-world world, you're basically sending them to a state where they can become criminals if they become pregnant and make the decision that that is not a good time in their life to be pregnant. So that's another fallout position. From So back to the Supreme Court. So it is absolutely essential that we that we take these two races very, very seriously and uh, and that everyone get out there and do everything they can uh, to help us win those elections. And it doesn't matter that you live in Cook County or uh, or the city of Chicago. You can volunteer in a campaign. You can donate to organizations that are working uh, to make sure we win these two races. I can think of one offhand that would be a good, great place to donate. Um, You can uh, you can volunteer your time. You can make contributions to to the pro-choice candidates. Um, in that race. Um, and then also, so that's, that's my pitch. That's my warning. And I'm going to tell you two, I'm going to end this with two things. I don't want to hear one person say, I didn't know. I wish someone would have told me about how important the Supreme court races are. So I don't want to hear that. We, it is up to us to make sure come the Wednesday, come November 9th, that we don't have people waking up no one told me. I didn't yeah. know about this. I wish I would have known. And then I want to bring people back very, very far back to a little over four years ago on election night when Donald Trump was elected. Think of how horrible you felt knowing that this monster, to quote Maureen Dowd from the New York Times, that this monster was elected, just think how horribly you felt. Well, I'm going to tell you, if we don't win these Supreme Court seats on November 8th, you're going to feel that times 10 because what's getting flushed down the toilet is going to be our reproductive rights in Illinois, our LGBTQ rights, our labor rights, our environmental laws, our racial justice, all of it's gone. So that's my closing. Wow, uh, that's, that was a great riff. Uh, that was like four great risks by uh, Terry Cosgrove was feeling very Jimi Hendrix like, and he just took off and I liked it. Uh, he'll know the reference cause he's old like me. Uh, in his mind though, he's a great guitarist. Uh, and we'll be talking about these Supreme court seats once the primary is over right, right, on the so. show. Yeah. And uh, already people come up to me, T, and they'll say, like, you know, they're, they're losing their minds. I mean, they see uh, 
mean, this is why you have to let everybody know exactly what the stakes are. Right. So I completely disagree with what yeah. said yeah. at the outset of the show, but whatever. I remember I said, I let my guests have the last word and then I just broke that. Uh, but anyway, um, so they come up to me and go, Oh my God, I'm freaking out. I see MAGA in its full glory. Where, where, where can I put my, just anything to use here in Illinois. Just, they, and then I always say, state supreme court race state supreme court race right it's everything everything is there everything and okay all right now let's go let's break it down a little more we'll take one more step yeah i want to i want to i want to get i want to add one little thing to your we don't listen we win and lose state these races by a percentage or two sometimes um Sometime Marcy Love was chair of the personal faith board her daughter is now in the maryland assembly Marcy's daughter won by 12 votes. Wow. She lost on election night by about 110. They did a recount and she won by 12 votes. We have in my career at personal pack, I have had races that were lost by six votes, by nine votes, by 15 votes, by 34 votes, won and lost. So every vote is important. And here's, here's the good news in all of this. We, we need to take the number of young people who vote in elections, we don't have to take it from 28 or 29% to 100%. We just need to get it up to 35 or 34%. That's all we have to do. We, we have this very narrow lane of people we need to move to casting a vote. The same thing with white suburban women. 53% of them voted for Donald Trump in 2016. I don't know what they did in 2020. Um, But at any rate, my point is we don't need every single white suburban woman who's pro-choice, and there's a lot of them, overwhelmingly they're with us in choice. We don't need every single one of them to come out and vote. What we need to do is make sure that we just get another five or 10% of them to agree with us. So our challenge here and our job is actually very narrow. And that's what personal pack secret sauce is. I'm not running around arguing with MAGA. I'm not, you know, I'm not running around, you know, Oh my God, look at the sky is falling. We need to focus on the job that we need to get done, which means all of us have a role in this. All of us have a responsibility. Think of the young people you know. Are they registered in Illinois? Have they gotten an absentee ballot? Think of all your friends, if you have any, that live in the suburbs and make sure that they understand um, what is at stake in this election. And I tell people, if you're really nervous, Grab a clipboard and start going door to door in your neighborhood. Knock on your neighbor's door and say, hey, I'm really worried about um, the threats to abortion rights. Do you know that abortion could be illegal in Illinois come November 8th? No, I didn't know that. Are you registered to vote? Do you know about who your state rep is and senator is? Do you understand the threat to JB? Do you know that there's a Supreme Court race going on? We need to start having these conversations everywhere we go under all. You know, under all circumstances, um, we have to stop being polite about it and we need to organize everyone we know. And if we do that, we're going to win. Yeah, This is not a hopeless situation. And I'll go back to our voting rights laws. Our challenge is to get the people who agree with us to come out and vote and not sit around and wring their, you know, hands about how horrible everything is. We, we have we have it in our power to do this. All right. Uh, I will av- once again avoid the the chop the the throwdown that's embedded in that sentence and move on to another conversation. I, I this this popped into my head 
uh, when I was talking to Ed Mullins uh, and we had that interview and it, it triggered it when you said something, the attorney general's race is pretty important too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I mean, we're going to take a deep dive on all these things, uh, Terry, after the primary and as we had in the election, uh, just to get people focused. But it was at that point, I got to give credit where credit is due. So if, uh, if, if we're always thrown away, which will be, uh, and states are free to do whatever insanity they want to do, one of the things they're going to do is criminalize uh, people leaving, the women leaving the state to get abortions. Right. Uh, and that, that will require getting proof of abortions from the states where the women went to. So California, Illinois, New York at the moment. Uh, that means that Texas will be subpoenaing the state of Illinois uh, access uh, clinics in the state of Illinois for records. And this is going to come down. So is our attorney general going to fight this or is our attorney general going to be on the other side of this? And I, right now he will fight it. But if MAGA wins, I hate to tell you, he'll be, right. he'll no, be like no. ratting out people. Listen, Go ahead. Ben, I, you're totally right. Like I said at the beginning, when I talked about this, we can't even imagine the consequences. I mean, I, you, you know, you hit on another one. And listen, I don't mean to say, because I'm focusing on the Supreme Court in this discussion, that the governor's race and the attorney general race and the Illinois General Assembly are not important races. Um, And that's why if we all organize together, we can also win those. So yes, Kwame Raul is a wonderful attorney general. He has always done um, what is right and in the best interest of women in Illinois, as has J.B. Pritzker. So uh, just because I didn't mention those um, in with the same passion that I talked about the Supreme Court doesn't mean they're not important. And I assume that you'll have discussions with people um, around those races, too. But um, but I mean, the Supreme Court is the is um, because they're 10 year terms. Um, that's why I'm talking about it today. But um, I'm more than happy to come. Back. If you want me to come back for an hour and talk about Kwame Raul and the attorney general? Well, I don't about I'll do that or J.B. Or uh, JB, if you want. No, I just want to get that point out there yeah, uh, right no, now. And the guy the guy who will probably win the Republican nomination is a MAGA man named Tom DeVore. Oh, my God, Tom DeVore. Uh, yeah, and he, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, he's Darren Bailey's lawyer, so he's like the brains behind him. <laughs> and uh, so, it, it, I mean, MAGA is taking control of the Republican Party, and it's I'm – I feel it's imperative. Uh, Terry disagrees with me a little bit, but I, I feel it's very important. People understand the other side. Right. I mean, these are not nice people. No, I agree. I agree. Okay. And you know what? They've taken control of the Republican Party, but our challenge is not to give them the levers of power in Illinois. I mean, that's really what the issue is that is, you know, that, yeah, they've taken over control of lock, stock and barrel, the Republican Party, but we don't need them in the General Assembly. We don't need them on the state Supreme Court. We don't need them in the governor's office, the attorney general's office yeah. or any other office. Um, you know, they're running for school boards and all the other stuff that's going on, which we're not even talking about. Yeah, well, no, that's that's but uh, yeah. I'm focused for the next 21 weeks on what's standing right in front of us, which is the Supreme court and the governor's race and the attorney general and of course the general assembly, but well, all right, let's, let's close uh, briefly because we're going to bring you back and have that a much longer discussion. Yeah. Yeah. After over. June 28th, yeah, when the primary's over. Uh, and so let's just close briefly uh, with th- this reality in all likelihood, 
the governor's race in November will come down to uh, J.B. Pritzker, Governor Pritzker. Uh, we're not going to redo uh, the arguments of 2018. I don't, I don't want to have to say one more time that Terry was right and I was wrong. Uh, and he loves it. <laughs> Look at him laughing. All right. Uh, J.B. Pritzker will be the Democratic nominee and most likely Darren Bailey, uh, the state senator from uh, – Downstate will be uh, the Republican nominee, and Darren Bailey is the maggiest MAGA man in the state of Illinois, vehemently anti-abortion. Uh, so what's the choice from this particular issue of reproductive rights that voters will be facing when it's J.B. Pritzker versus Darren Bailey? Well, I want to underline that he, yeah, that um, he's not the Republican nominee yet, but I, he is a, uh, they're all of the Republicans that are running are anti-choice. Let's just put it that way. Let's start right there. He has really gone out of his way to, uh, uh, to, um, talk about his his support and love of Donald Trump. He has gone out of his way to talk about how anti-choice he is, how he wants to make abortion illegal in Illinois and, you know, overturn all of our laws. So that is correct. So what we will face, if I understood your question, your question correctly, is the choice uh, between two very, very different candidates. I mean, that is the, I mean, the voters of Illinois are have to choose. Do we want someone who's pro-choice who handled the uh, COVID crisis and still continues to do so, um, listening to science and not uh, not conspiracy theories, which is what Darren Bailey is about. Um, and it's going to be a very clear choice. And so uh, we'll, we'll have to make that choice. And I don't know if I answered your question, Ben, where you were going with that, but feel well, free. No, I, uh, I had... We'll take the deep dive later, but what I was getting at is he could be uh, introducing and championing bills that uh, would ban abortion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, no, that goes without saying. And, you know, there's there's so many other uh, regulatory areas and and the things that you talked about with the attorney general, there could be state and and also if if the general assembly is no longer um, is no longer as favorable. I mean, we're right on. I mean, we only pass bills with two or three votes to spare in Springfield. Uh, you know, for people to call us a solidly blue state or a, or a, um, or a safe state, we're, we're only safe by a few state reps. I mean, the PNA repeal only passed with 32 oh votes God. and 62 votes. All I right, mean, come out. PNA means parental notification. Terry was on the show several times talking about that. And I watch, I watch uh, how Richard Irvin, who's running again uh, in the Republican, we talk about him on the show all the time, so I don't have to tell any of my listeners who Richard Irvin is. Uh, and he's trying to just find some wiggle room uh, to get through this <laughs> Republican uh, primary process where he needs MAGA to vote for him to win that nomination. But then he wants he doesn't want to scare uh, independent minded voters in the suburbs once he gets to the general election against a Pritzker. So when they ask him about uh, reproductive rights, the the amount of ducking and dodging he does is absolutely a fantastical uh, to watch. And the only thing he could say, he comes back to this all the time, parental notification. I'm just firmly against parental notification. They must have done some kind of uh, survey, uh, T, where they discovered that parental notification uh, in focus groups it worked well 
with swing boaters and somehow or other. I love the fact that they, they just, you know, when they do it, you know, when they just like when they talk about everything that has to do with not only abortion rights, but they, you know, the big lie <laughs> is is everywhere over there. I mean, they lie about uh, about uh, women who have abortions. They lie about uh, parental notice. You know, they they don't. Um, they don't because when we tell people what the what PNA did, it forced young women who were rape victims and incest victims to tell their abuser if it has, happens to be a a father or a relative or the guy next door or something that they that they need an abortion or that they're pregnant even uh, and what trauma and. What, how horrible that law was, which is why Human Rights Watch, every every other medical organization came out against it because of the harm. But what they say is, well, your daughter needs to take an aspirin, uh, needs her parents' permission to take an aspirin at school, but she can get an abortion without telling you. So they totally distort uh the impact of all the laws and the same way they talk about, um, you know, everything else that has to do with reproductive health care. They totally distort uh, everything like they lie and they say that uh, that uh, birth control is an abortion. You know, so science doesn't think that no one thinks that except them in their religious view. So, yeah, so they'll continue to do that. But the reality is that they have the levers of power then they will be able to enforce that view on the rest of us. And that goes to, you know, the horrible attacks that are taking place on trans kids uh, all over the country. Um, the, you know, just, and it's hard to believe that a white, that white nationalists came from all over the country uh, to attack a pride parade. in was it Idaho or Wyoming? I'm forgetting Idaho. Idaho. I mean, th- this is, you know, this is what we've given rise to, although I shouldn't be surprised given that, you know, Jews will not replace us and, and, and all of the horrible racist stuff that went on in Charlottesville. So, you know, throw in LGBTQ people in the mix too. Why not? You know, it's, we know it's there. Um, and not to mention the misogyny towards women in every way, shape and form. So, yeah, so that, that's, what's on the ballot. You know, you could, you know, we can put aside the individual candidates, but it's going to be, that version of our society on the on the MAGA side, or it's going to be our version, which is the respect for right to privacy, uh, you know, making sure that uh, people have access to the legal system and all the other stuff. All right. And uh, so I'll close by saying this, that I agree uh, with Terry Cosgrove, uh, that it's wringing your hands, pulling your hair, banging your head against the wall. That may be helpful at one moment, particular moment when you're really angry, but then you got to get your act together, focus, do what you can to keep what you want or to prevent what you don't want from happening. So I'm with uh, Terry Cosgrove on this. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I agree with this young man uh, on everything he said uh, just there, but you know in a million years I'm not going to stop talking about the danger that exists out there. No, Good no. God. Can I finish with one thing, Ben? Because you just touched on something. Go. It's fine to go to all the rallies and all the demonstrations, but um, it drives me crazy that there is so little talk about 
Is everyone registered to vote out there? Does everyone know who their state rep and senator is? Do you know that there's, you know, people people can do this without getting their tax status uh, threatened, which is people talk about. But why aren't we talking about elections at every single rally, at every single gathering? It should be, number one, because I'm going to end with where I finished. We lost Roe because we lost elections. And if we don't get focused on that, I get refocused on it because we were at one time and understand the importance and we're going to continue to lose. It's that simple. You don't have to, you don't have to like it or dislike it. It's reality. Uh, yes. Uh, we lost role because we lost elections. That's a great point. And by the way, uh, we have to leave. We don't have time for this, but uh, I just, my wife and I just watched the Janes, oh, which is this right. fascinating uh, uh, documentary about pre-row Chicago. Okay. Pre-row. Uh, so if you want an idea of where we're heading, folks, check out the Janes. And I think I'm going to reach out to the great Heather Booth to get her on the show and talk yeah, about your season. Where, and where did you watch it, Ben? You should tell your uh, listeners. Oh, very good. Yes. Wait, has this guy been hosting a podcast for the last five years? <laughs> what a professional. Uh, I watched it on HBO. So uh, you can stream it from HBO or uh, HBO Max, isn't it? I don't, is there a difference? Is there a difference? Okay. I don't know. That's you a do, good you went one step too far when you introduced the concept to Max because it's, I, yeah. I don't, don't think there's a difference. But okay. what a I don't know. I just, I, I hear HBO Max. And- it was a good flick. It was really uh, provocative. Yes. And in many ways, we're going to hold off on having that discussion. I'm going to bring on Heather on because. Uh, and by the way, if, after the show, if you can give me any names, of, uh, if any, I know Terry knows everybody in that movie, by the way, uh, to get any of the other. Uh, but that's why we named Jane's Army. Um, that That's where it comes from. Yeah. from Jane, that because the, this is the pro-choice army in 2022 that we're going to win the elections with. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. All right. Terry Cosgrove from uh, Personal Pact. Uh, he plays the game to win. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to understand how to win in politics, I urge you to study what Terry Cosgrove does. He doesn't mess around. He's got sharp elbows. If you're not on his side, that's it. If you that's break it. your word, that's it. He, <laughs> he wrote the book, and MAGA studied that book. And now MAGA is using, like, tactics that Terry Cosgrove figured out. So now oh Dems, go so, study from him. And so you expect me to be flattered that you're comparing me to MAGA. Thanks a lot, Ben. Well, I mean, I'm not comparing you to MAGA. I'm just saying they took your eye. MAGA stole from Saul Linsky, too. Oh, my yes, God. That's, that's, true. that's a whole that's other true. story. Yeah. They stole from, they read rules from for radicals. And like, this is how you do it. Well, they actually uh, stole from the, uh, from, from the, the racism of the, 30s, 40s, and 50s. That's where it all began, but we'll cover that another time. All right, very good. Terry okay. Cosgrove is his Take name. Care. Personal Pack is the name of the organization. Thank you very much, TC, for coming on the show. So I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of Alton, Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. And as Terry Cosgrove will tell you back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for Demarvelous. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.